Hey, welcome to Freedom Decoded. My name is Demir Bentley. This is Kerry. We ditched the 95 and created a life that's better than we ever could have imagined. Professionally, we help other people figure out how to get organized and how to create the life of their dreams. You can learn more about us at www.lifehackmethod.com. That's lifehackmethod.com. Today, we're going to talk about a really cool concept, which is our 12 personal commandments. Now, this is an exercise that Gretchen Rubin created that we have sort of adapted to our own life hack method. Um, and we're super, super excited about bringing you in a like little tiny slice of what we do. Um, so we're going to talk today about our new additions to our 12 personal commandments, but we're also going to talk about um, how we think about the 12 personal commandments and where it fits in our sort of life hack method. So let's get started. Yeah. And what I love about our personal commandments is that it really feels like one of the easiest things we do that actually does help us become the best version of ourselves. Because it, it's sort of like this idea that what you believe eventually translates into results. Because if you believe something is true, you take actions consistent with those beliefs, which gets you results consistent with those beliefs. So rather than trying to like force ourselves to act a certain way, like we start with the belief first. Yeah. And that sort of like flows, you know, lets everything flow naturally. I mean, you're, you're jumping right into it. So if I can back up sure. and set the stage a little bit. Sure. So uh, Gretchen Rubin came up with this concept, 12 personal commandments. Um, I think like many, I, I, first of all, I'm a huge fan. Everything she does, A plus, couldn't recommend it more. I think my not, not just on Ru uh, Gretchen, but on everybody in the personal development space um, is that what tends to happen is we have these disconnected ideas and each right. one is like, what a great idea. But then when you go to your life, you start to go, wait, why am I not able to put these ideas to work? And it's because the ideas are sort of floating out there in completely separate bubbles, never shall the two meet. And so <laughs> what I think got us really excited about the 12 personal commandments is we actually figured out how it connects to the rest of the life hack method. And right. it, it really filled an important gap in the life hack method. And that gap was what you were saying, which is, you know, we had this like killer planning methodology in our annual monthly, weekly pre-planning, the life map. If you guys don't know what we're talking about, this is the, the core of the life hack method, right? Um, but there was something missing. There was something missing. I don't even know if we knew that it was missing until we sort of locked in on the 12 personal commandments. And that was this idea of what comes before planning. Like what do you, what's the pre-work? Right. Like what, it, like what it, not, not only what are you planning for, because obviously the answer will be, you know, X, Y, Z goal. It's more like what kind of person do you want to become? Like yeah. what, who do you want to show up in the world as? And, you know, it's sort of like, it's hard to, to sort of think about that. But once you do start thinking about it, it becomes shockingly obvious. You think it'd be the same for every person. Oh no, it's different. It's totally. completely different. Totally. I mean, there's similarities, but I think I want to be clear. You and I are what we call woo-collar, right? Not blue-collar, but woo-collar, right? We're not super woo-woo. We're not into like – but I think where I like to get into this mental game stuff is where it becomes eminently practical. Yeah. And study after study is coming out showing us that um, – and, and when I say studies, I'm talking about um, – people who are studying greatness. So this is a very popular theme now in psychology, not just the psychology. We used to focus on the psychology of people who are sick. So it was psychology of weakness almost, or psychology of sickness. And now we've, in the last like 20, 30 years, it's been a renaissance of like, no, let's study people who are healthy, people who succeed, people who are admirable in so many different ways that we want to be like. And one of the things that we're seeing consistently in studies and books on these people is that they start with their identity, Yeah. right? They've got these like core identities. And so instead of making plans to be great, they start with a 
commitment or an ethos or a philosophy or values of greatness. Right. And then the actions follow. Now, this sort of circles back to what you were talking, which is the Betdar model, something that we learned from, learned from our great friend, Justin Fairman. Can you break down what the Betdar model is? Yeah, well, I'm so I don't actually know what all of the I, acronyms I can, are. I, I can break it. I'm happy to. <laughs> the right. important ones to me is the very first one, B, for Betdar, that stands for believe, yeah. right? So your beliefs are the first sort of like at the very top. You start with beliefs and then everything else follows from there. Which I didn't believe at all. By the way, when I was introduced to the Betdar model, people say, what you believe in life is totally predictable. It's like, it sounds too get. like manifesting. Oh like, God. But then <laughs> there was a disconnect, right? It's like, well, what happens between the belief and like the result? And that's the other acronyms here. Yeah, the yeah. So it's belief and then emotion, right? So if I believe that you're going to hurt me, then I'm going to have a fear emotion. So the emotion of fear will come out even if you're not going to hurt me. If I believe you will... I'm, it's going to manifest fear. Okay, right? Then I'm going to have thoughts. T is for thoughts, right? So now I'm going to have to have some fear-based thoughts and anxieties come out, right? Then I'm going to make decisions. I think you're going to hurt me. Now I'm going to start to make preemptive decisions how to protect myself, right? Um, and then I'm going to start taking actions on those that's decisions. The, yeah, exactly. Right? I'm going to start taking actions and then that's going to create my reality, which is the R, right? So belief, emotions, thoughts, decisions, actions, reality. Now, when when Justin finally took me through that whole Betar model, then I finally was like, oh, now I believe. Now I believe that... that Beliefs influence result. Reality. Yeah. yeah reality. Um, so, so now let's come back to Gretchen Rubin. To me, these 12 personal commandments are not just some cool concept. They're not yeah. just some like fun thing to do. To me, this is an opportunity every year. And there's so precious few opportunities to step away from the crush of life and look at your philosophies, your guiding principles, like your, your, your through line and say like, what do I actually believe and what do I want to believe? And this is a great opportunity every year where we come back around and get fresh and present to like what we believe. I mean, I, I, sorry, that was just sort of like a pulling it all together and helping people understand why do we love this we exercise even, so much? Right. Yes. And I mean, I think that it's, it's pretty obvious why it's so great. It's actually one of our most popular trainings every year. And this month we're going to be doing a whole training on it in our Lifehack Tribe membership. Yeah. Um, but I think there's a couple key differences between how we do it and how Gretchen Rubin yes. sort of does Important it. Differences. Important differences. Um, so you already talked about how uh, we don't see it as disconnected from other aspects of our life. It's, it's very much integrated as a part of our life hack method. Yep. Um, another thing we do differently is hers uh, remains sort of fixed, like you sort of one and done. Um, you know, you, that's the, your commandment sort of for the rest of your life, unless something feels really off. Uh, ours, we take an opportunity to revise them every year. Yep because we are changing and evolving so rapidly. And we wanna make sure that the, the commandments are truly reminding us of the higher self that we wanna step up to being. Yeah. So if it's something that like, we already feel like, oh, we got this, and it's completely integrated and part of us, then we'll take it off the commandments list. Yeah, I mean, there's two reasons. One is just we change. Right. Um, it, it, I know there's been things on our commitments that were really focused on when we were a small, scrappy business. And right. we had to sort of uh, key ourselves into just working hard and, and providing value. And now that we've gotten to like a mid-sized business, like they just don't feel as real, as relevant for 
phase in our life. Yeah, exactly. Or even our personal life. You know, I remember there was a time when we were going through more like family issues and drama and we had a lot more commandments that helped us focus in on how we wanted to show up there. And now that's not as relevant anymore. Yep. Yep. Totally. And then the second thing is, of course, just like giving permission for things to just become common sense. There is a little bit of like, when you have a commandment and you really stay present to it for two, three years, sometimes you look at it the fourth year and you're like, that just feels like common sense now. Like, I don't need that to be queued up. I don't need it to be present to it. It's just, that's who I am now. And that's great. Like, that's, that's ideally, yeah. yeah, you want it to like become part of your DNA. So like you said, we're not going to go through all 12 today. Uh, if you want to check out more about the Life Hack Tribe, check out the link in the description below. Yeah. So like we mentioned before, we don't actually have time to go through all 12 of ours today. There's just not enough time, but we're going to do a full workshop on it in Lifehack Tribe where we're going to be showing all of our tribe members how to create their own 12 personal commandments. And if you're interested in joining Lifehack Tribe, you can do that in the link in the description. If you're already part of Lifehack Tribe, then we will see you at that workshop. Cool. Awesome. So today we're going to talk about those four new ones. Um, Let me start with the first one. Uh, The first one is less doing, more value. Less doing, more value. Less doing, more value. And what we mean by that is often it's very easy in a business, in your life, or whatever, to just, there's this, you're always adding layers, but you're never really stripping layers away. And even with the best of intentions, oh, let's fix this, let's add this, let's add this, especially in a business, you can get to the point where you're like, oh my goodness, like we're doing so much more than we were doing before and it's starting to creak at the seams. And so our core value is, yes, we want to add more value to our clients this year, but we want to do so in a way where we're cutting away the fat. Even as we add new lean muscle, we want to be cutting away fat, even more fat than we are adding muscle, if that makes any sense. Yeah, that totally makes sense because then it becomes a win-win and the business becomes even more sustainable for us to manage. Um, like our clients are, you know, even happier and we're more happy and able to deliver even more value. So yeah, I think it's about, I think all businesses and, and lives have this where it's like, you're doing a lot of work, but sometimes it's not being interpreted as value. Yeah. And so it's like, well, then let's find a way to remove that work so that you can be doing something that people are interpreting as value. That's so key is, is just to make sure that the value is there. It's you being know? seen. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think just to be honest with people, and I, what I love about this podcast is the opportunity for us to talk about things that it doesn't feel like there's an opportunity to talk about elsewhere. <laughs> you know, we are actively planning on having a second child, yeah. right? Um, and we've heard from many a parent that this is not a linear change. This is like exponentially harder the second you get the second child. And I believe it. Like That makes sense. <laughs> I, that makes, with one, I'm like, oh my goodness. It takes about four pairs of hands, like four human beings for one to child. properly manage that one child. So like now I'm thinking like, wow, like now, now we go to two, that's like... Something has to be done completely differently. Like our whole yeah. lives have to be structured differently. It's going to break our systems. Yeah. Like I'm going to have to step up. You're going to be stepping out of the business like you did before to do paternity leave. I want to have some kind of paternity, maybe not a leave, but like be able to step back and, and support you. Yeah. So it means that if we want to provide value, we've got to be smart. You know, there's no, you know, it's naive to think that we can just keep adding and adding and adding. Like we've got to be able to find ways that we're adding value without necessarily just layering on the hours. Exactly. Yeah. This is a big one for us that feels like we got it somewhat under control, but we definitely have more work to do there to sort of integrate that into our systems, into our DNA and just start thinking about that in day-to-day life. Totally. Totally. So why don't you give them the second one? This next one is called Stay Thirsty. So we all know where we got that one from. 
Stay thirsty, my friends. <laughs> Thanks for that, Demir. Um, yeah, so this is just about not getting complacent at the first blush of success. Yeah. Which again, like, it's not like we're getting complacent, you know, all the time or anything. But it's just it's a core, it's a reminder that's feeling relevant to us right now. That's like, hey, like we gotta stay thirsty. You know, yeah. we gotta you know we gotta find the joy and the reason and the passion in everything that we do because that's how we're gonna make it really good. Yeah, I mean, and I'd be lying to say that we didn't feel it a little. And Tony Robbins talks about this, like he calls it like the rocket boosters, where like there's this range that you feel like you deserve to be in. And, you know, people tend to only get motivated when things are taken away from them, right? Like, you know, they, their job gets taken away, their livelihoods, money gets taken away, and they sort of like instantly find this like thirst, this hunger where they're like, I deserve more than this. I need to provide, you know. And then they get into this range where they're like, they're, they're, they're working, working, and then they start to hit the upper range and the boosters just like turn off. Yeah. Right. They st- they're, they're not thirsty. They're not hungry anymore. They're just like, oh, I'm pretty comfortable. And uh, first of all, I want to say, A, yes, I'm, I'm not ashamed to say that that has, I've felt inklings of that feeling for the first time in our whole business. I think the whole ride has been like, oh my goodness, we need to provide more value or do more. And for the first time, I think I felt like an inkling of like complacency. Right. You know, I wouldn't say it manifested into full blown like, any kind of actions that I feel like bad about, but, but just feeling it there for the first time is like a feeling. And also knowing like, I don't judge myself. Like that's all human beings. Totally. Totally. Every single human being will get into this range where they're like, um, you know, I've got a cave. I've got a little like food here. Why, why venture out of the cave and risk myself if I can stay safe? It's human nature. Absolutely. But but to work against that, we've got this like sort of stay thirsty principle. And I, I, what's funny is that's supposed to technically be for next year, but just, having like mentally aligned around that, like just in the last week, I felt like a shift. Again, beliefs changing your reality. I can just feel it so powerfully already working. Yes. So this third one is measure twice, cut once. Yeah. Pretty self-explanatory. It's just making sure that, you know, as we get more and more successful, it's like the opportunities just flood flood in. There's like so many things we could be doing with that. That sounds time. like such I, I just want to be clear. That sounds like such a flex. But <laughs> Just take it as like there were so many years where we couldn't get anybody's attention. Nobody wanted to hang with us. Nobody wanted to play with us in the sandbox or do deals with us. And it just felt like getting one opportunity a year was like, oh, and like for it to really in the last two years have completely flipped. Right. Now we're saying we're saying no to pretty much everything, yeah. um, which is great. I mean, that's exactly where we want to be. But it is just remembering that like we have to measure twice and cut once. Like yeah. a lot of the times, it's, it feels easier in the moment to say yes, but then we end up kicking ourselves later. Like, oh, gosh, like why are we saying yes to these things? There's no, you know, it, it doesn't benefit us long term or whatever. It's not worth it. So just really measuring twice and cut once, and that it, I think that plays really well with that first one that we talked about, which is just like making sure that we're providing more value value with less energy because that really plays into it. We can't possibly provide more value to people if we're like all our energy is being used up elsewhere. And I think a big lesson, if I can just do a quick diversion here, a big lesson from this last year was the year before we just sort of, by fulfilling on certain commitments, I wouldn't say we got to burn out, but we were burning out. Like we were starting to feel like the candle plus having a child, like it was was just, it felt like we were stretching ourselves a little too thin. And so coming into this year, it was a focus was very much on getting that good energy back that like, and I'll tell you what, like, that has felt so powerful. Like we've shown up in so much bigger way, been able to serve our clients so much better by 
not faking it, frankly, like, you know, yeah. showing up on a call and being excited to be on that call rather than being pretending <laughs> to be excited. <laughs> or should to we, be yeah, on that we call. wouldn't even ever do that. But, but, but yeah, but you know what I'm so saying? We were where getting to that place. You know, where you're sometimes you're you, you always know when you're screwing your face on for a call where you're like, OK, I got versus just like I'm so excited to be here. And that's the difference between conserving that energy. And so when I look at this measure twice, cut once, I also think about the first one, which was um, less doing more value. So what's really present to me about this measure twice, cut once, and, and the, the first one, less doing more value, it's actually just learning the lesson of this year. Like this year taught me so powerfully, like how beautifully I can show up when I serve that energy. And, and, and then you're not forcing it. It's just flowing. You're like so happy to be doing the work that you do. Right. It's, it's like actually takes less energy and you're doing a better job at it. Yes. Which is, that's the sweet spot right there. Totes. Um, okay. Last one. And the final one, the final one of our new commandments is live our method. Yeah. This is just a reminder to us to make sure that like we're showing up in a way that's consistent with our with our ethos, with like with what we teach our clients day in and day out. I can tell you, I mean, after teaching this stuff for so many years, it's so easy to be like, well, I wonder if like I should do it differently now or like try something new out. And we're constantly reminded that it's like, sure, we can make like tweaks and adjustments and improvements, but like the second you start to get away from the core philosophy, yeah. like your systems start to break down. Well, so there's an interesting concept in the the whole 12 steps world, whether it's any, you know, the OA, NA, whatever. They, they talk about keeping keeping it green, right? So this idea that like, hey, you could have 20 years in whatever program you've been working. If you start to get cocky, if yeah. you start to think it doesn't apply to you, like, boom, that's right when you're going to have like a relapse of some sort. Right. And I feel like, you know, we've been working this methodology in this program and it's just the same. You know, people think that it's easier for us they're like, like we've right. somehow got some momentum that they they don't have and it's like no we need to stay green in our program too and yeah. I, I think a lot of people by the way i don't think anybody should waste a second wondering how is Dubir doing i'm doing great so don't <laughs> don't lose any sleep over how i'm doing i'm just saying also by the same token don't think that somehow i've achieved some kind of perfectly self-sustaining you know godlike productivity no like we work every there's a sine wave where it goes up and i can then i can feel it coming down and and on each part of it you need to like sort of manage yourself and figure out ways to keep it green so yes. you, you give me a great example we had this we had a meeting the other day and it just happened it just happened so organically like you know we had a meeting somebody asked me a very simple question which was just simply like i they were communicating with me according to our communication policy and weren't getting the result that i had promised them Right. That's the point of a communication policy, isn't it? If you communicate to me this way, then you'll get this result. Right. And so I was violating my communication policy. And instead of being in ownership, instead of owning it, I just like immediately relapsed into explaining and which is really victim talk. Like, this is why it's not happening. And, you know, like, you know, it was not the worst, the world's worst. So I'm not trying to exaggerate yeah, it. But by the same token, it was one of those moments where you got off and you were like, that was not me living the method. Right. That was not me being in ownership. Like if I was in ownership, I would have said, hey, I've broken the contract. Like a communication policy is a contract. It means if you communicate to me this way, you will get the result that you need. And I broke that contract and I want to acknowledge that we either need to, if I have a problem and we need to change the contract, then let's change it. Yep. But there's no, you know, there's no room for wasn't my fault. Here's what's happening. That's all like victim story, not being in ownership, you know? So, um, yeah, I, I think, I think this deserves to be here. Live the method, just, you know, 
maybe next year we'll say, oh, that feels so passe. Like, right. We don't need that. But this year it feels like something I want to be close to. Yeah. Yeah. And, and me too. Because it is, it's like a work every single day. Just, you know, people think, oh, we must have all good weeks. It's like, oh yeah. no, we have to like fight tooth and nail to have good weeks. It's like, it, you know, you really have to stay on that straight and narrow. Um, and yeah. it, it is easy to just be like, forget it. And then, you know, everything sort of falls apart. It's so true, isn't it? I mean, I, I think that's, that's something I'd love to explore more, like either on a podcast or, or something. It's just like, how do you keep, how do you keep it green when you've been doing something for 10 years, for 20 years, you know, how do you, how do you stay close to something um, when it still works? It still, it's still works working. as good as, as it long ever as you work worked, it, but you got to keep working it. And right. there's just this tendency to be like, oh, but that's that old thing that I've been doing for 10 years. I want to do something like, new and exciting yeah, like, and different. I, yeah, exactly. You know, or, or I've been doing it for so long. Don't I get to give myself a pass? Don't I yeah. not have to do it anymore? You know? Yeah. And uh, the answer, unfortunately, is no. Nothing. You still have to do it. Um, <laughs> so anyways, um, Carrie, you want to give some final thoughts on um, whatever whatever it is that you want to do to wrap up on on 12 personal commitments? Yeah, I mean, gosh, just like recording this episode has been so awesome to sort of like get aligned with you on these new commandments yeah. and want to talk about like the rest of our commandments with our tribe community. Um, I want to hear your personal commandments, guys. If you have personal commandments that you already have created for yourself from being in tribe for a couple years, drop them in the comments. Let's, let's hear them. Um, um, if you already are in Tribe, make sure you go and sign up for that training that's yes, happening. Yes, um, And I have a final thought too before yes. you wrap it up. And then if you have not joined Tribe, then you can do so in the link in the description. Cool, cool. Yeah, I mean, my thought is um, for those of you who are in Tribe, you'll, you'll start to see a pattern of what we tend to do in November and December. Every single November, what we start to do is what I call like the sort of foundational um, mental game work to prepare you for the annual pre-planning. And I think a lot of people think, oh, I don't need that. I'll just run into my annual pre-planning. All I need is the steps. Just right. show me the steps. Give me right? the steps. But the thing is, what we do in November is we do three things. We reset your 12 personal commitments, which is really resetting your belief system. We talk about resetting expectations because it's like Lint. Oh. We just As we go through life, we just set expectations. And expectations are like pouring ourselves in fire and giving somebody else the match. It's right. just like, you know, it, it's just... Pouring ourselves with gas. Sorry, pouring pouring yeah, gas sorry, on ourselves pouring, and giving someone else the match. Exactly. Thank you. Um, and, then, and then also resentments. And I think expectation yeah. and resentments are really close right. because when you have an expectation on somebody and they don't fulfill it, then you get a resentment. But still, once you've got a full-blown resentment, there's a real process that you need to work to let it go. And the, and the holiday season, whether you're religious or not, the holiday season is such a perfect time to do that because it's in the air you know there's just sort of this vibe in november december you know peace on earth goodwill toward man you know there's a good vibe it's a great time to do this work it's particularly good because by sort of cleansing the palate emotionally psychologically physically uh, philosophically you're really setting yourself in a good place to make a plan that isn't sort of poisoned by resentments that, that you're yeah, still carrying stuff that happened last year. <laughs> you know, uh, regrets, yeah. you know, from what happened last year, you know, or also like just uh, our beliefs, if we don't keep them in constant alignment, can start to get like a little mal twisted and right. stuff. So, right. so and it, I, you can also reset it with your current reality. Yeah. Because reality has sort of shifted and changed since the Match beginning of the year. reality with your belief system. Yeah. So that's what we're really doing in November, which I think is so cool um, because it's really setting the stage for what we're going to do in December, which is annual pre-planning, which is probably, I would say, one of the most 
popular things that we do in Life Hack Method. And yeah. One of the things we're really known for. Yeah. So look forward to that. Okay, gang, thank you so much for watching. Um, we're going to wrap it up here. Listen, if you want to check out more, check us out at lifehackmethod.com. Drop us a comment below. Let us know what your 12 personal commandments are. Or even just give us one if you can. And we'll see you in the next video.